Is it on? Is it on, honey? Is this thing recording? <laughs> Let me not do this to the GS. You know what? I'm going to pay homage to our good sis, the T.S. That is T.S. Madison, honey. So, welcome YouTube land, Instagram land, Twitter land, Snapchat, Grinders, Cross, BGC, and last but not least, every single one of my bitches, Christian Mingle, and the lands all across the land. This is your girl. Mm. Well, it's Lily today, coming to you from Paris, and with much appreciation for my girl, the T.S. Madison, congratulations for everything. Um, if you're listening to this girl, because I don't know if you are, <laughs> I don't know you personally. Um, actually, I have to tell you about how I learned about the T.S. It was, I think, 10 years ago maybe more yeah about 10 years ago yes on youtube there was a video of her where she was saying well she was telling um folks about people not liking her for the way she um she spoke for the way she presented um basically for not being um a respectable ts and um at the time she well she still she 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 had um some problematic views well mostly problematic language not not necessarily problematic views but you know um and uh and she was saying but you know what like when people see you and they see me they see the same thing right you don't you you, you don't like me you don't um, you don't like the way I show up in this world, but you are also me and I am also you. I'm paraphrasing, um, but that was essentially the message. Um, and, and that very important message was naturally peppered with, um, <laughs> with the, the theatrics and, um, and the humor. And I watched that video I don't know, like, I was doing my face, I was doing my skincare and stuff, and I, I just stayed in the bathroom, um, <laughs> listening to her, um, like, doing my, my skincare and all that stuff, and I fell in love, so, yeah, I want to, um, show my appreciation, and, well, sis, T.S. Madison, if you're listening to this, then, um, congratulations for, you know, the achievements, the many achievements since then, because, um, yeah, you you were not on, on on that very public journey that you're on now. Well, you were a girl, but in a different way, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's that's I think that's amazing, and 
and, and fuck respectability politics, fuck all the other stuff, and um, and amen to um, to growing, to learning, to be committed to actually like being a a force for good, um, and and still have humor and still. And still be you. I love that. So, anyway, this is not an episode about T.S. Madison. I'm just, like, showing my appreciation. I can't believe it's been two weeks since the last episode. Like, wow. But anyway, I really enjoyed the, the conversation with uh, Diamond Styles, who is the host of the podcast, Marsha's Plate. Um, go check out that episode, and if you are a patron, then you have access to the um, full episode on Patreon. And you know what? That is the best moment to let you know that I am on Patreon and that you can support me. So, how do you do that? Well, if you want to support me, you can just go to ftnpod.com, and you have a donate button at the top, like it's right there in the menu, and you can, you know, donate one time like just do one time donation of whichever amount you like or you could become a patron on patreon and to do that you either also go to the website fgnpod.com and at the top still on the menu you'll see a patreon button which you can follow or you can go to patreon.com slash ftnpod ftn like Fem trans and noir right ftn pod and once you're there you'll see the different tiers um and it starts at two dollars just two dollars baby that's a recurring amount so there's more of a commitment there um, but you can stop at any time of course right um and when you do that um when you support me on patreon or with a one-time donation that helps me um, actually do this, right? Um, and also, I'm not going to lie, also feel allowed to do it. Um, yeah, the, the support I've gotten um, so far has mostly done that for me. Just, it's like a green light to do this thing that that is important to me. But, you know, like... It's it's it feels good to know that someone out there is like okay I support this, um, okay I want this to be a thing I want this to continue, and it doesn't need to be like backed by riches, um, but yeah just even just symbolically it's a thing. So um, other ways to do that um, for free, right? You don't have to go to Patreon. You don't have to. Um, paypal or anything like that um there are free ways to do to achieve just that and that's sharing the podcast that's um telling a friend about it that's listening to it right um that's um saving episodes and then you know listening to them while you're on your um bus ride to school to work whatever um yeah then that's completely free right completely free and also um you can leave a review I would greatly appreciate that. Um, I don't think I have any reviews so far. I have to check, but um, I haven't seen anything. So it would be great. You know, those five stars um, 
would really help. All right, y'all, I want to talk about how to deal with transphobia. And yeah, yeah, that's because because that's that's an everyday thing. We know, right? Um, if you're a trans person, you know, it's it's definitely an everyday thing. And but first, I want to define what transphobia is. And hmm, the most important thing I want to say in order to do that um, the right way is people have to stop defining things as their most violent or their most disgusting expressions, right? So racism isn't just when you say the N-word. Racism isn't just when you, um, when black people get beat up as they're being called niggas, right? Um, that's not the limit of racism. This is um, cowardly. This is a an easy way to classify um, or to identify racism so that you don't have to do the work of really dismantling it where it does everyday harm, right? I'm giving that example because um, I think it's... Yeah, it's one one of the common ones. And it also illustrates nicely what I'm trying to say here. So I'm applying that very same thing to transphobia. I don't want you to look at transphobia in, in terms of violence against trans people, um, stereotypically against trans women. That's not the... That's not the the end-all be-all of transphobia. Um, There's very um, benign, very um, subtle transphobia every single day. Um, We talk about microaggressions. That's like, you know, little remarks. Um, You know, the nice, nasty type of remarks. It's the um, comments about people's appearances it's comments about another trans person, right? Because you could be telling me, for example, oh, girl, oh, you are so, um, you are so pretty. You are so passable. Mm. You are so passable. Um, not like this, this mm, over there, not like that funny looking, um, whatever, like insert, whatever, like, vile thing, um, right? That's not, you may think that you, you're throwing a compliment my way, but you're actually telling me that as long, <clears throat> as long as I present in a way that you believe is acceptable, that you believe aligns with womanhood, then I am worthy of your respect or admiration or whatever. But those other people who are my sisters and brothers, those other people who are like me are not deserving of that because of something they have no control over or because um, they have not yet invested yet as in mm, that's another microaggression. Or because they haven't um, 
invested in surgery or whatever you believe um, is the thing to do, right? Um, that's a problem, right? That, that, that's also, that's transphobia, right? Even if it's not directed at me, it's still targeting another trans person. And let's be real. If you have those types of standards, you're also applying them to me. I just happen to go through the filter and pass. But those standards still apply to me. Transphobia is also in appropriate questions. I mean, inappropriate questions, right? Um, you know, like when, when people find out that you're trans and they're like, oh, um, so are you, did you have the surgery? Um, so how, how does it feel? Um, you know, all the um, sexual questions and, and the stuff, um, the type of stuff that you don't discuss with, with people. Like people don't talk about the genitals unless we are in a very intimate setting. Or we the type of environment where it's encouraged to do so, right? But you don't talk about that with strangers that you have no intention of. I mean, I mean, let, let's. Do, do I need to say all that stuff? <laughs> do I really need to say this? Um, y'all know what I'm talking about. But yeah, why these inappropriate questions are transphobic is because it's that sense of ownership I was talking about in the first episode where people feel like, okay, you've opened yourself up um, to questions and probing and all that stuff because you decided to be trans publicly or at least publicly enough that I know, right? The moment it's, it enters my sphere, then suddenly um, I own the right to um, your time, your effort, and your labor, and also your privacy, right? It's, it's, um, that is transphobic because it's not recognizing the full humanity of the person. It's believing that their very nature gives them, well, gives you access to them in whatever way that is. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be, um, it, it doesn't have to be like, okay, now you're going to have to sit here and tell me all your life story. Because it's not that, um, it's more subtle than that. But, but it's still, um, it's still demanding something of, of the person, right? And that's not right. Now, how do I deal with that? Personally, if I am not in the mood, <laughs> I'm not in the mood to educate, to teach, whatever, then I'll be like, you know what, um, I'll disengage or I'll say, um, don't be asking me those questions. Guess maybe this transphobe is a nice one, but five minutes ago, you were dealing with a very violent one or I don't know either way it doesn't even matter like nobody is owed education from you nobody's owed your time so it doesn't even matter at all but if I do have the time 
and um, if I want to, if I feel I'm mentally prepared to do it, then I will educate and I will let the person know why their question um, is inappropriate, why, um, why there is, why it's an issue, why they shouldn't be asking that question. I'm not going to answer the question, but I'm going to make it a teaching moment, right? Um, if you're asking me about operations, I'm going to have to ask you why that matters to you. I'm going to have to ask you why you need to know about um, the shape of my genitals. I'm going to have to ask you why... Um, why it's important to you to know about the most intimate details of my body and my being when I know nothing about yours, would, you, would they mind exposing themselves a little first, right? Um, when they feel a little stupid, then, you know, they realize and they're like, oh, okay. Unless they're actually like super entitled and they insist and it it could go both ways, right? It could be, well, I'm just asking, you know. Um, and it's usually followed by something that lets you know that they do not view you as a as a full person, but as as something to discover. They view you as a topic not as a person. In that moment, at least, that's how they perceive you. Or, <laughs> or it devolves into, you know, a more violent encounter or a more disgusting encounter where you really realize that the person um, does not actually respect your identity and does not actually view you as who you say you are. And in that moment, maybe you did not educate them, but they educated you on who they are. When it comes to this type of uh, situation of, I want to call soft transphobia or everyday, ordinary, benign transphobia, um, there's something I want to say specifically to young trans folks um, who have, you know, transitioned quite recently and who are eager to, to share the information that they're actually learning themselves um, with other people. I want to say this. Um, all of us, absolutely 100% of us, were socialized in transphobia, right? And I'm, and I'm talking about people in the West. All of us were socialized in transphobia, including you, right? And including me, including myself. I'm not um, trying to be special here. All of us. So what happens often with um, younger trans folks is because you still have these ideas, you still have, well, internalized transphobia because, because that's what we're raised with. Um, in this society, um, because you still have that, you may 
be answering questions that people have no business asking you because you may feel like at that moment anyway um it's not a big deal it's not a problem well they just want to know if i have a penis or a vagina um well why does it matter if i say that i want to have such and such um cosmetic surgery procedure done or why why does it matter it the answer is that it only matters um or it's only important if it's important to you right um if it's something you feel safe or you feel okay talking about then go for it it's um I personally don't see anything wrong with that. Where I would say be careful is maybe do not make it sound like that person, um, it's that person's right to ask those questions because they're not entitled to that information. You know what I mean? Um, If you feel okay answering the questions, then it's fine. But it doesn't mean that they should be allowed to ask other people these questions right we also have to um we have to be aware of that we have to be aware of where our own internalized transphobia um pushes us to normalize some behaviors that should not be normalized that um, behaviors that are actually harmful to people who are more comfortable with themselves or who are more um, who have better expectations for the people around them and that's no shade to you because I would be shading myself too (laughs) Um, because I've been I've also been in a position where um, I was learning more about my own my own place in this world as a black trans woman. So this is where I'm coming from with this. Now I want to address the more vile, disgusting, sometimes violent, and really, well, manifest form of transphobia and I'm not going to um, talk about physical violence here because that's I mean that's completely different right we all deal with that um, in different ways according to our ability to our physical abilities and um, our temperament also I guess so that's that's a completely different story Um, I'm not I I don't want to get it really get into that um, on here but what I want to talk about is you know the insults or the um, you know the the altercations the verbal altercations I, I don't know if you guessed it but this is coming from online conversations where you know people with um, <laughs> keyboard courage will tell you anything um, on social media, but yeah, um, I feel like 
a lot of the people who come after us, who come for us and our wigs, um, are just miserable. I mean, that's a cliche, but I do believe that it's a true one. Um, they, they are miserable people who are mad that we dare be so free. How dare we be ourselves? How dare we be so free? Not care about um, standards. Not care about the limitations set um, for us by our biology. How dare we say that we want more for, for ourselves? How dare we do that when they're miserable? When they can barely get crumbs of what they actually want in life. We're handing a mirror to them and they hate what they see. So they blame us. They blame the mirror. They don't blame themselves because that's too hard. That takes introspection. That takes effort. That takes actually doing something once you're done, you know, questioning. It takes work to actually change things. Nobody wants to do that. So, you know, let me actually spit on you instead. Let me um, abuse you because that's much easier. And I said I was not going to talk about um, physical altercations, but I'm thinking about um, a girl I've talked to on TikTok. Um, she's 20. She is super nice. She she's pretty. Um, this girl is is super super nice, and she has been attacked um, more than once. And what she says is, well, her answer to that, as they attack her, is well, I haven't done anything to you, and um. I haven't done anything to you, so why are you doing this to me? I'm just, I'm just living my life. And that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking, and um, and I think it's actually feeding them. That's the worst part. Um, I believe that they get off on that. They get off on knowing that. As predators, they have isolated and are now spoiling something pure and innocent. I, I really believe that, that there's this very unhealthy, very disgusting element to um, their aggression. So I believe they should never be fed. They should not be given um, that type of satisfaction. But anyway, I'm not trying to, um, of course, victim blame here because um, that's that's not, <laughs> no, that, that would make no sense. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just an observation. And again, I'm not um, telling you how to defend yourself in case of a physical altercation. I don't think I have... Um, I don't think I even have like proper tips for that. Um, I'm, I'm just putting out here 
that um, this may actually be something that um, that fuels their fury because it's something they do get off on. So in antagonistic situations that are not physically violent, I don't think there are rules. Um, but here's what I would like um, to share. I think it's important to know who is talking to you and why they're talking to you and why they're talking to you um, in that specific manner. It's, um, I, I find that there are people who are just obsessed um, with us and because they desire us or because they want to be us or maybe maybe their man left them for us i mean <laughs> i don't know these people have a personal issue and um honestly i like to just cackle in their face um i like to remind them that i know they're miserable i like to remind them that they are nothing i like to remind them that they are beneath me and um that they wish they could kiss my feet that's what i like to remind them um because i believe it's the truth <laughs> yeah I, I and i and i know it is condescending it is mean but um i do not owe anyone niceness when they are attacking me and I am not one of the people who say, well, if you, um, you know, so sometimes you say something and the, and the answer is, well, see, that's why I don't like y'all anyway. But, but no, actually, I'm talking to you this way specifically because you were vile to me, right? I would have never said anything of the sort if you had not been vile first. So you cannot retroactively justify your um, hatred or, you know, your disgusting comments like because my response happens to be mean and maybe sometimes condescending, right? But it doesn't work like that, right? That it, it does not make sense. I mean, I hear it all the time, right? People are still trying to make it a thing, but it doesn't make sense. You you can't retroactively make me feel guilty about what I said to you in response to what you said. It just makes no sense. So yeah, I cackle. I cackle hard and I let them know why I cackle. I let them know that I particularly enjoy the fact that they know that they're worthless and they know that I know that they're worthless. And that's very enjoyable to me and I love to see it so they can keep the mean comments coming. <laughs> and I'm aware that it's very mean. Um, 
And I don't have a problem with that because I believe it's um, not much actually compared to what they want for me, right? They don't want me to exist or hmm, even more perverse. They want me to exist and be miserable. They want me to feel bad about myself. They want me to lower myself so that I may look up at them. So they may feel superior to someone. And I'm not going to do that. Because the reason why they're doing it is because they feel miserable. They feel low. And they need to feel like someone is lower than them. If they want that for me, baby, I want that for them. And I sort of mixed up two different types of people here, right? Um, the people who are actually envious or or who desire us for some you know reason and the people who who do have a certain hierarchy in their minds and they feel like we should not um we should know our place and we we have it seems that we have lost our understanding of what our place is and they're just here to remind us because they want to keep that order, that order because it works for them. Um, and if we are under them, then they can feel better by themselves. They can feel like they're at least superior to someone, right? Um, I sort of put these two together, even though they're very different, because I deal with them the same way. Because for both of them, for the, both of these groups, um, the expression of their transphobia comes from a place of lack, comes from a place of insecurity, I guess. Um, and if they are trying to um, attack my insecurities, I really don't see why... Um, I shouldn't attack theirs. I mean, it's fair game. And it's so good. It feels so cathartic. Yeah, let me know how mean I am in the comments below. <laughs> to be honest, it's really my favorite way to um, engage with transphobes. Um, cackling. Today, that's, I mean, yeah. That's all, all I really want to do. Um, because if I'm going to... Um, to educate you or deal with you, deal with the violence, then I need a good laugh out of it. That's one thing. Now, the people who are more aggressive, um, I tend to disengage because, because one, well, it's not as fun, right? It's, it's, it's really not as fun. But it's also like, okay, how much crazy am I dealing with, right? Um, how much um, imbalance am I dealing with? And how far do I want to take this? Or am I ready to, to or am I ready to take this, right? Yeah, those those are questions that that are important, I think. Um, when dealing with more extreme <laughs> forms of, of, of transphobia.
and and I think it is better to disengage. So there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it comes down to cackling, y'all. <laughs> cackling, cackling is good for your health, and um, it's good to you know, as bug spray for the transphobes. You should really try that. You know what? Um, I'm gonna edit here and because uh, it's it's already getting long, y'all. I talk way too much. I talk way too much. And anyway, I want your suggestions. I want to know how you deal with transphobes. And if you think I'm mean, you you know what? Don't tell me if you think I'm mean. I know I'm mean, and it's fine. I'm really fine with that. But um if you have an issue with it um let me know why um i'm actually open to um hearing it doesn't mean i will do anything to change it um because um i will not police um the way i react to people trying to traumatize me or people trying to make me feel bad about myself uh, i will not uh, police that but I am interested in knowing um, how other people feel about um, about this and about, you know, different situations. So I'd love to know how you deal with it and um, and what you have to say. So um, email me. Yes, email me at contact at ftnpod.com. So that is contact at ftnpod.com. Or you can just go to www.ftnpod.com ftnpod.com and go to the contact form or you can join me on social i'm at ftnpod pretty much everywhere so well i'm mostly active on tiktok these days join me there because it's fun and um i'm also on instagram and twitter i'm a little less active there these days but um i'm still there i'm still there but the engagement is not you know it's not giving what it's giving on TikTok. Like, I actually get to have interactions and, you know, um, do video replies and things like that. So join me there. I, I'd love to see you there and I'd love to um, to know your thoughts. That's, that's important to me, actually. All right. Um, well, I'll talk to you in two weeks unless I see you first on the socials. And uh, yeah, so join me on social, join me on Patreon, you know, support if you can, and uh, share, comment, subscribe. I mean, do all the things. You know what to do. You know what to do. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye-bye.